everybody. Welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show. We are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Trevor, a.k.a. Hamburglar Wears Hermes. And I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my droog, Vincent. A.k.a. an oldie but a goodie. Westside fun. That is a good one. Uh, this is episode 117 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call. <laughs> I changed this one. I shouldn't be telling you this, but Woody Allen did nothing wrong. That's not Trevor's opinion. That's this actually Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum's opinion. <laughs> also, the T Rex on Jurassic Park thought that too. <laughs> AKA uh, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> We got some exciting stuff to go over this yeah. week. Uh, first, we're going to go over the latest Wiki album, Oofy, like the <laughs> Roblox noise. That's I, that was an alternate title. I, I couldn't find. It was kind of close enough, but not enough, so it didn't make the cut. We're also going to be going over the latest Brother Ali record, Secrets and Escapes. Can and- you escape the ancient Egyptian tomb? <laughs> In under an hour. Can you beat Death Stranding? In under an hour. We're going to go over the latest West Side Gun record, the latest in his line of Hitler Wears Hermes um, series, Hitler Wears Hermes 7. Actually, I think they call it Hermes or something like that. They call it different than what we say. Hermes? Yeah, something like that. I could be wrong. They, it's like the, the beginning pronunciation is like weird. So I bet it would be like Hermes, but yeah, I don't like yeah, saying that. Yeah, it's Hermes. It's Hermes now. And we're also going to go over the latest Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred Schnitzer Orchestra collaboration. I shouldn't be telling you this. But I would be willing to work with Woody Allen again. <laughs> Guilty and proven and innocent, I think is the words uh, Mr. Jeff Goldblum said. Uh, okay, before we start, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us at Anthony and Todd. You want to find us YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. Uh, Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. Give us money so I can buy a, a, a banana boat. And uh, give me money so I can buy Death Stranding. <laughs> you wouldn't, and I won't like it. <laughs> you wouldn't like it. Can we change this into a Death Stranding podcast? Yeah, we can talk about how there's piss grenades, you extract the pee. <laughs> Of Norman Reedus. No joke. This is actually canon in the game. This you is a spoiler, maybe. You extract the pee of Norman Reedus and you, you throw it at monsters and it kills them. That's the whole game. It's an on-rail shooter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready to... Oh, wait. I, I did a wrong transition. It's more... Oof! E. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I'm going to go to the latest wiki album. Oofy. Oofy. Uh, Wiki is a Manhattan rapper, uh, formerly in the hip-hop collective Rat King, uh, with with two other guys that really aren't as important. Yeah. They haven't really, haven't really broken out a whole lot. And they put out a record, So It Goes, back in 2014. Uh, Wiki put out a mixtape of Lil Me back in 2015 with great great tracks like Three Stories and Live With My Moms. Yeah. I think this really shows his personality. Yeah. They're a lot of fun to listen to. Three Stories obviously like tells three like separate stories of, of different people. No, it, Three Stories is the track where it's... Uh, or am I getting the wrong track? I think you're confusing with some of the Three Stories is where it's like cr- chronologic his day. So he like starts hanging out with this girl and then he like oh, that's, hits yeah, it and you're right. it, and then he goes like smokes out with the boys, and then he takes a taxi ride home. Yeah, I don't know what I'm messing, like confusing that with. I don't know. And then living with his moms is uh, he's living. It's basically moms. just a track about living with his. Mom. I think I said this during the Z Loopers review. Uh, I thought it was like he had two moms, but no, it's just it's just the one. Just one. He pluralizes. Just, plural. <laughs> just one mom. 
We can't all be so fortunate. <laughs> Back in 2017, he released his um, solo debut on XL Records, No Mountains in Manhattan. He had some tracks like Made for This with Ghostface Killer, which I think really solidified his presence in the yeah. hip-hop community, as well as Mayor and Pretty Bowl. Yeah, terrific tracks. I think the biggest problem with this No Mountains Manhattan is that just I feel like a lot of his character didn't shine through for a majority of the tracks. And uh, it just wasn't really interesting. I, I think the tracks that we listed are the best tracks, and really anything else on there didn't really stand out. Yeah. Um, and then he was also part of this rap group, Doom or uh, Secret Circle, um, with Antoine and Little Ugly Man, and it was like they were hyping it up. I think they were doing a lot of festival shows or a few festival shows. This reminds me of another specific rap group with three people in it that Which didn't one? make it off the ground. Oh, Child Rebel Soldier. Yeah, and uh, like Wiki, I think it was. Uh, there's a beef between him and Antoine. Because it's definitely not him and Little Ugly Man. Yeah, they still like, work together on like <laughs> they everything. Were on the, they were on the Droog album, and then they're on this together. So like, I'm assuming it's just beef with him and Antoine. But uh, yeah, they were going to come out with an album. And they did some festival shows, but it was just all scrapped. Uh, an earlier year, he released the track Cheat Code and Eggs. Both would actually showed off a lot of his personality. Uh, Cheat Code, he's listing off all the GTA games and comparing it to like actual cities it's like this is not liberty city it's ny just like just going through it very tediously <laughs> uh eggs had this fantastic mad lib beat uh it's talking about how eggs getting scrambled eggs getting poached he's just making some lovely breakfast <laughs> i'm not sure wiki always has a lot to say but anytime he does say anything i think it's pretty funny yeah uh going over this it is 14 songs 43 minutes and it's good um it's it's it could be better and it's kind of disappointing in that aspect because i think uh it could have been i always i think i keep on there's a gold standard for this but it could have been his uh droogs your old droogs it wasn't even close where i think it's just like the solidification of that character and like the highest prospect of what it could be um this is like very confused yeah um and it's not bad and it doesn't like take down the entire pro it, it kind of does in certain aspects but it doesn't like completely tarnish it um i think the biggest problem is uh first half uh wiki is very uh defiant he's very bold very loud um and really doesn't care what anyone else has to say besides himself and he believes he deserves more praise for the work he's put in throughout his career mm -hmm. and i think it actually comes off as very flashy and fun um the second half he's, he's kind of a little bit more introspective and very minor because it's there's a lot of braggadocio throughout this entire thing but like it kind of tarnishes we're not getting enough introspection to where it matters um and it's not defined enough, so it's just inconsistent. It almost discredits like what he says in the beginning. Yeah, I think that's. A, I don't know. I find that to be a little disappointing because he sets himself up really well at the beginning. The intro is is funny and interesting, and it really shows off his personality. Going into the track "Downfall," it's got some um, kind of light synth work and a lot of like louder drums, and it leaves a lot of room for like Wiki to grow. And he talks about his own downfall with like. I would compare these bars almost to like something that Kendrick would put out. It reminds me, it reminded me of something that's, that like he would that's say. That's high praise. I, I, I no, I not say. like that. Not like, uh, not like he's got like the, the technical ability or the introspection that Kendrick has, but like 
Uh, he's talking about like man on four. What was it? Man on four legs. I don't remember for the life of me. I think I think uh, what he's talking about like being kicked down to the ground and like trying to rise above that. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of like something that like a subject matter that you yeah. would touch upon. It's more. That's more. What it's I mean. like. It, uh, I like the line where he's saying, where he's talking about at his funeral, would he be praised or something along mm-hmm. the lines of that, how he's going to be treated after his death or how is he, he's going to be thought about after his death. And I actually thought this was like one of the most uh, potent moments uh, lyrically. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pesto has a terrific production. Um, and again, this really defiant nature. He demands this respect. He thinks he's deserved. Uh, it has this lovely, distorted, uh, I'm assuming it's electric synth, but it can also be a snare. It, it, Idea. I, it's weird. I can't tell. There's snare. There's synth on the track, but I can't tell. There's this main beat, this main like percussion, and it could be a synth hit, but it also kind of sounds like a snare. But it's so like scratchy and weird. I really like it. Grim with a little ugly man and Denzel Curry of all people uh, show up on here, and it has these very like island-like strings that are very distant. Uh, very sleepy keys. It really fits that like attitude of Wiki, kind of sleepy, but also very strange and unorthodox. I liked it because it also goes along with that image of uh, the Grim Reaper hanging out at the pool. Like yeah. he says, I feel like that all matches together really well. Yeah, it's more about how are you going to react when your time comes. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks they're tough now until the Grim Reaper shows up. I like Denzel Curry's performance on here because it's a different style of what he's been doing recently. It reminds me a lot of uh, Imperial era comparative to more zoo was very uh, loud fast yeah. paced imperial was a little bit more real reserve at times um which i think this combination was very surprising and it works out really well uh, him and ugly man have a ton of chemistry uh, we've known that well, they're not beefing so yeah, it's they're, okay. they're not beefing uh the act has this very like large hand hit percussion that transitions in this huge like spaced out kick and glitchy dreamy sense like it's terrifically set up it's it's fantastically like the production on this sometimes when it's good it's great um also the way that i am with your old drew has this fantastic old soul type sample that really works and it fits mm-hmm. a little bit of the grime that i think wiki kind of needs on some of these tracks i also like the subject matter of that where he like talks about I'm the way that I am, and, like, other people talk differently, they walk differently, they act differently, and that makes me mad. <laughs> I like that, because I think that a lot of people, like, relate to that or feel that, but are just, like, afraid to say that, because it makes it sound like a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, Wiki's not afraid to do that. I also mentioned to you earlier, I wish Drew had, like, a full verse. Yeah. He just kind of does some hook work, and that's I find that to be really disappointing. Yeah. Because for, a fi- uh, like, a five-minute track, I would have thought that they could have fit him in somewhere. But also their chemistry is really good. Yeah, Another for good sure. example. Um, we've known that for both of Drew's albums that came out earlier this year. Both had Wiki, uh, at least on a featured track. And uh, then we get into, like, after this is when we get into, like, some just, it's okay, but it's not. It it gets into the side where I feel like the way that I am is Wiki being defiant. It's his most bold moment on here, probably, besides yeah. Pesto or Graham, maybe, um, or Downfall. But it... After this, we get very more reserved. Uh, the production kind of loses its flair. It becomes more trap-centric. Not mm-hmm. to say the percussion on this wasn't trap to begin with, because it was. But we get into just blatant trap Yeah, music. like, we get into the back then, which is very flat. Uh, it has some, like, nice synth patches, but it doesn't... 
carry any weight. Yeah. I think it would be nice. Uh, this in the routine, I think that would be nice as like pop rap tracks, but not for Wiki. Like, I don't think. I think it's just like a like mix for Drake. <laughs> yeah. No, no. Yeah, like for I'm like. Just kidding. I, like, it's just does not for him. Yeah. It doesn't fit him. It doesn't fit his personality. And it's not eclectic enough. And then we get, like, MYOP slash uh, MYOP and Tony, which is because the track's produced by MYOP and Tony Seltzer. Uh, and it's very eclectic and strange for the production. Uh, like, there's just various drums, just strange oddity. And uh, Wiki sampled on the beginning. And that production really works nice. And I think it's way more uh, eclectic and it fits Wiki's oddity factor it works out really well but everything following the uh previous or the few tracks previous to it and the few tracks after it don't match up mm-hmm. i think uh you get a track uh dummy uh dummy a key with uh princess nokia princess nokia uh is an okay performance it's better it, than the girl cried red yeah, from a couple of years ago that's all i could think is like this verse is 20 times better than anything she's put out like in the last, this, like, two this, years. I think her spot's more in hip-hop and not emo rap. Yeah. And I think, it made me think about a lot, is, like, I think her spot's kind of been taken by Rico Nasty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, In a sense, because I, I think she was kind so. of being groomed for that spot, and then Rico kind of hit it big. And she was way more defiant, way more loud. Yeah, Princess Nokia's been left in the dust. Any, any niche she would have tried to fit in, I think it's been taken by, like, Rico or Tierra Whack or like Doja Cat. I don't even say like Lizzo. Even yeah. if she wanted to take that spot, like it's not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> she's I mean, she's basically just been left left for dead out here. Yeah, it's like this is her spot now. Like <laughs> you her. chose your emo rap, and everybody came t- and flocked over her like what she could have been. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Freaks, I think, is it's a nice. Uh, going back into he's he's appreciating his own exorcities. He's doing this for the freaks out there in the world, yeah. and it's it's a nice little closer, but it's too soon, too late. Because before we had tracks like uh, back then, where he's reminiscing on uh, like his high school years and how he was stupid and skipped class and did drugs. But it's like it, it's sentimental in an album that like has shown no sentiment before yeah. it, and it just comes off really odd. Uh, like he's he's very insecure on the second half, or not super insecure, but he he shows insecurity in the first half when he's so defiant. He's able to look back at himself, which I think sometimes for artists is a really good thing. But I think here it's kind of an off because he was so willing to be defiant in the first half that it comes out. Also, the tra- the trap background in the second half, the production not. Not necessarily bad because I think the production on here is good, but I think it just doesn't fit him. Right. It's there needs to be a little bit of musk or eccentricity to it, so it fits his character. And this we don't really get that, and it feels like anyone could be in the spot essentially. And also, he's a little bit more tame on the second half. He's he's not as bold. Um, yeah, I I think uh, Wiki does a good job on here, but it could be so much better. The potential on here reads so much more, and I think the mistakes he's making, uh, tracks like uh, mixtapes like Little Me showcase in his previous work with Rat King has showcased that he has a higher potential than this, and he's done better than this. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I'm just kind of left wanting more, but I like it. Um, there's nothing terrible. I think the writing's fine, but I think it just could be the personality can be more right tight. 
And I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, keep in mind, I'll score if you tell me this right now. I'm feeling a 7. Yeah, I'd give this a 7. Yeah. I liked it, but uh, like you said, I think he can definitely show like more potential. Yeah. Uh, time to escape this review and find some secrets. <laughs> uh, time to go over the latest Brother Ali album, Secrets and Escapes. Nice. And the album cover looks like he's breathing underwater. No, it's not him. I think it's a kid. Well, it's somebody breathing underwater. Somebody breathing he doesn't have a beard, so it's not Brother Ali. Yeah, it's also, they have black hair. He doesn't have hair. <laughs> Brother Ali's by now. <laughs> uh, Brother Ali is a Minneapolis MC, part of the Rhyme Sayers Entertainment, and part of the, uh, I think, growing Minneapolis hip-hop scene. He's known for his activism and positivity and his lyricism. This is evident in anything that he does. And his last album, uh, All the Beauty in This Whole Life, came out in 2017. We both like that album Yeah, I like it. I think uh, the biggest problem with that album is he, like, sometimes just being preached to is just... It's not entertaining, um, but I think going back and listening to like the moments I really enjoyed, I have a more positive outlook on the album than yeah. I did now. I think it has its flaws on some certain moments, but like the tracks that I enjoyed the most, can't take that away. Uncle Uzi taught me, pray for me, own light, what hearts are for. Some of the moments where he just gets to explore his stories and just be a storyteller, yeah. talking about how uh, he had flight troubles and he was put on a no-fly list. And things like how he's he grew up with albinoism and he was made fun and ridiculed by other other kids and it taught him to be just to he learned to just be himself and not cater to anyone else. I thought were very poignant moments on there and very uh, very fitting of the character and it, it showed why he was such an important artist as he is because he has the ability to really create these and craft these beautiful stories mm -hmm. as well as some really catchy tracks. Own Light's a terrifically catchy track. Oh yeah, and he's a great he is a great storyteller. I yeah. feel like he has that kind of voice and personality that fits it really well yeah. to where I'm invested in the stories that he tells. Uh, this latest album, Secret and Escapes, is a collaboration with MC and producer Evidence and uh, I assume this is from Bandcamp. This no, this is from Rhymesayers. No, the quote. Yeah. Okay. That's from Rhymesayers. Yeah, this quote we're about to read okay. is from Rhymesayers. Here's a quote from Rhymesayers. <laughs> and it says, Secrets and Escapes is a compendium of Brother Ali's time with evidence over the course of three trips to California, recording in a Venice garage with no regard for pleasing the internet or competing with the music industry. Ev chopped up records on old school samplers and ran them through a compressor so they couldn't be rearranged or mixed. Brother Ali sat with the mic and spit rhymes as they came to him without writing or organizing them into songs. This is a very loose project. Also, another thing I cut out of this quote, I think it said, uh, evidence smoked weed and Brother Ollie prayed. <laughs> okay. I just thought that was really funny. Like, I would have just... Like, <laughs> you should have kept it in there. It was funny. No, it was, like, later on. There's just, like, I just imagined, like, Brother Ollie's trying to pray away the weed. <laughs> in the same room. Yeah. Um, this is a very, like... I don't, this is a very like old school approach to it's, making it's a, a record. It's like, it's like a mixtape approach. I would say, like I'm talking specifically like not about the actual like methods, but I'm talking specifically about like no regard for pleasing the internet or competing with the music industry. Yeah. Like how many times are we going to hear that this year? Yeah. How many times have we heard that in the past five six years? Like 
too many times to count. And most of the time, like they don't end up being anything like super special. Yeah, when you say that, it it, it it's it's dumb because like all, it sounds all, a little much pretentious every, to pretty me. Pretty much like, every album is has no regard for pleasing the internet or competing for the music industry because artists are gonna make what they want regardless. But they don't say it. Not everyone says it because they sound like an asshole when they say it. Well, yeah, and some <laughs> artists want to be a part of the music industry. Yeah, and some artists want to be mainstream, yeah. so they make that stuff like. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's just such a pretentious thing to like write down, and I feel like evidence is pretty prone to doing stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but without going into the quote of the album, what does this what does this album actually? Uh, how does it cater? It's very loose. Yeah. Um, again, I think it has a mixtape vibe more than like an album vibe. Uh, Brother Ali is not storytelling on here, and that's kind of the big problem. Yeah. <laughs> is he's not really saying anything of note, and. Uh, while he's not saying anything, no, he's still preaching to me, and it doesn't 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 work. It reminds me of some of the problems I have with Chance the Rapper's The Big Day. He's not saying anything volatile, but he's still preaching to me like it is, um, and that's that's a big problem. The instrumentation on here is fine. I think the production's uh, nothing too interesting i think the best moments are the first beginning with abu enzo and such situated and greatest than ever lived but it kind of <laughs> there's some moments i think are very lacking towards the end like the idiot uh the Atin, i think it's just very uh interesting yeah. just very flat very empty and it leaves brother ali just very basic on the instrumentation doesn't support him i think the only time he really gets into like a narrative on here where he's going over father figures and he's talking about how the fbi is trying to they come to his house on his birthday uh in front of his daughters and they they want to come inside his house investigate him and it's it's on his birthday and he's says yeah you need a warrant and that's about it there's no like progression to the story it's just like a big beat of the track and it doesn't really say anything. right I guess and there's we don't no really know what happens there's like, no really critique of it either besides the fact that it was just bullshit just like it happened yeah it happened and that's that's all i really got out of here and it's just more like brother ali trying to preach out positive energy but there really isn't a whole lot to this it's just pretty empty uh it's a lot of braggadocio weirdly enough yeah, it seems weird coming from him. Yeah, and uh, it's he's he's talented. He's technical. Both of them are technical on each side, uh, whether it's production or rapping. I, I think it, both of them are really good at the role they have on this project. But like, Brother Arley should be telling stories, right? And making critiques and making statements, and he really doesn't do that on this. Um, not to say all these tracks are fine because there's tracks on here like I like I like situate and father figures um, and I like apple tree me but I think it's pretty small the CS Armstrong feature on here uh, he has a very soulful voice mm-hmm. works out really well but just put him on the outro and this right. tracks only like a minute and something and I feel like I could expand it out to more Tabu Kali is on this and I feel like he's very unnoteworthy <laughs> which is That's disappointing to me because I feel like these are these are two like rap legends in their own way. Yeah, and they just don't work well together. Yeah. Like I think that they would have chemistry out like in the studio outside of being on a track together, but when they get together I find it to be really boring. And especially in this setting where yeah. it's like there's no writing. Brother Lee's more of a lyricist than he is a rapper, I feel mm-hmm. like a freestyle artist. Hey, but he doesn't like That's not what he's, he's trying doing. to freestyle in here. Without writing his stories down, and yeah. I feel like it's not working out for him. Yeah, 
Um, he's doing too much praying. He should be doing more weed smoking. <laughs> they should switch sometimes. Whoops, he accidentally released his prayer album. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should do. They should, they should switch. Sometimes evidence should pray and Brother Ali should smoke weed. <laughs> that would even everything out. <laughs> uh, but there really isn't a lot here. Uh, they Shot Ricky is a very, like, nothing ending I think the second half of this is very empty. Even Evidence and Brother Ali, I think they have some decent amount of chemistry when Evidence is featured on here as a rapper. Mm -hmm. um, but it really doesn't amount to much. It, that's it. This album just, it's fine. It's listenable. It's passable. Uh, what it does, it doesn't do anything terribly. It just, again, the, the, it could be more. It's promoted as an album instead of like a mixtape or something loose. So, I don't know. I'm going to leave it at that. Keep in mind, of course, if you tell me on this, random phone up, 5-6. I give it like a 5.5. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's time to now have some West Side fun. Boo, 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 boo. Because <laughs> <laughs> we just got out of the spooky season, so that's uh, why it's boo. <laughs> I see. Time to go over West Side Guns, Hitler wears Hermes, 7. There are a few things that are as consistent in life as one of the Griselda boys releasing a record like every month. <laughs> Death, taxes, a Griselda, Griselda record. Griselda record. every month. Pretty, pretty darn close. Uh, West Side Guns, a Buffalo MC, the founder of Griselda Records. He's the brother of Conway the Machine. We talked about this 20,000 times. Cousin of Benny the Butcher. Recently signed to Rock Nations. It's a publishing deal with Shady Records with what would Machine Gun do coming out on November 17th. So we got two in one month. Month this time, baby, we're we're up this month. Uh, back in 2018, released Supreme Blind Tell, which was one of uh, one of our favorite albums of the year. It made it on our end of the year list with great tracks like "Gods Don't Bleed," Dean Malenko, and the Anderson Pac uh, collaboration with WrestleMania 20. Yeah, uh, uh, it really showed off his technical ability as well as like storytelling ability. It showed off that he's villainous. He may not seem offensive because of his high pitched demeanor. But he's dumb. He is a very threatening force. It's a very uh, versatile character, which is really nice. There's depth to it, which I found interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, this year, earlier, like in the summer, at least another record, Fly God is an awesome god with great tracks like the Mad Lib collaboration, Gun Lib, which I, I really enjoy. I find myself returning to quite a bit, even though it's only like just over a minute. Uh, Dance Floor Love and Batista. I found this one to be a little lacking. Yeah. We didn't rate it nearly as high as Supreme Blind Tell, but it was still a fun listen. I still find him consistently fun. And that, that goes for uh, the couple other the West Side Gun projects we've reviewed over the last like year and a half or whatever. Um, they've been entertaining, uh, but some they all they they range from like okay to good. Yeah. Somewhere in that range. I never find him to be bad or unlistenable. I never find him to be like super generic yeah because i still think that he brings a lot of personality and like just goofy lyricism to what he does but sometimes i feel like his projects definitely have like more substance than not yeah um and that's just kind of that's kind of the path that you you get when you choose to release albums so often yeah they're not all going to be the same quality yeah uh but this hitler wears hermes 7 is the latest installment in his hitler's where her hitler wears hermes series uh, we actually reviewed six. That was probably last year. Yeah, around this time. Yeah, around this time. So, um, and I sense a pattern here. That one was. Uh, it still had some good moments, besides the fact that it felt, I, yeah, I still felt thought pretty it was lacking. Fun. Um, so this new 
album mixtape thingy uh, features production from the likes of Alchemist, Derringer, DJ Green Lantern, Static Selecta, uh, Animos, and J.R. Swift's, among others. Uh, pretty much a, just uh, a beefed-up crew. A lot of great producers on yeah. here. And it features the likes of DJ Drama, uh, Conway, Benny the Butcher. Also, Fat Joe's on this thing. <laughs> uh, and also, Keisha Plum. Who was also featured on Supreme Blind Tale. Yeah. yeah, and uh, pretty much every West Side Gun project that I think we've reviewed so far. Yeah, I mean, yeah pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah. Um, so what is this thing? I was expecting something very loose, like Hitler wears Herm- Hermes. They call it Hermes, I think. I think, because we're in culture swines or something like that, but like... Hermes. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> um, but I think I was expecting something more like Hitler vs. Hermes 6, where it was like, we're going to get some good moments, but it wasn't going to be anything, I think, noteworthy overall as a project. But I think in the end, this is very loose, but it features some of West Side Gun's best work. It's very consistent. Mm-hmm. Everything feels big stakes, and it's very similar to Supreme Blind Tell. Uh, it's not as good as that, but I like it a lot still. Right. I think it stands out as probably the second most notable project thus far, which I really enjoy. Uh, what's great about this, you got tracks like, I'm assuming it's called Fuck NXT Week. <laughs> and if it's not, I don't know what the first track's called then. Uh, features DJ Drama. <laughs> and it's West Side Gun being his most outlandish personality yet, being as loud as doing the most ad-libs as possible, and then DJ Drama <laughs> just <laughs> screaming... <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good track. It's great. It's like it's like that one track off that last uh, Conway tape where it was West Side Gun had a feature, it's but just, he just did. I don't even. I don't even have to rap, and then just didn't just, at all. Just talk for like it's three so minutes. Funny. Uh, this has a great old choir, a soul choir uh, sample. It works out really, really well, and it, it highlights the eccentricities of both of these artists. Uh, Broadway Joe's has this fantastic flourishing keys, these huge, fantastic kicks, just huge compress kicks. And it also features West Side Gun's daughter at the end, West Side Pootie. I'm assuming it's his daughter, maybe his like, niece or something like that. I have no idea. Um, but I, I think on this track, he, he, it showcases, again, this very harsh side of him, but it's also very lighthearted in this weird way. It's this mirrored mixture of textures. It's it's something that doesn't seem threatening, but at the end, it's very threatening. Mm-hmm. This uh, Shawn Michaels uh, like approach to character, something you take for granted, but then ends up kicking in the face. Uh, you get tracks like Banana Yacht, which has this very luscious orchestration, but it has this SD knack feature that goes on for a bit too long. There's some tracks on here, yeah. like the production goes on for a little too long, like a minute too long. Um, this SD feature just feels like it's just gone on forever. I mean, it's not terrible, but it just it doesn't. That's kind of a, I feel like that's kind of a, a Griselda thing. Is like letting your features just kind of do whatever they want, yeah. and not really like cutting them off. Uh, Gone deck uh, has these very sneaky keys and this huge thumping atmosphere. Westside Gun feels like he's very like hidden in the shadows and he's about to uh, jump on you at any moment. Like he's he's just. He's waiting. He's he's that animal. Tackle you. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's corner has these huge horns, and the chemistry between Fat Joe and Westside Gun is surprisingly entertaining. Uh, I don't think I've ever cared for a Fat Joe track before in my life, but he comes off as 
almost as versatile as Gun in this example, which is weird. And he comes off with almost the same type of persona. He almost reminds me almost like a, a kingpin, <laughs> like the, the Marvel kingpin because he's a big <laughs> ball dude. He's got love the Mets, baby. <laughs> Uh, Undertaker versus Goldberg is probably the most annoying track West Side Gun has ever made in, in his life. Uh, it has this pitch down choir, and then like after, it, so it references the Undertaker versus Goldberg match from uh, the WWE Super Showdown from Saudi Arabia, where Undertaker and Goldberg had a terrible fucking match. Like uh, Goldberg dropped Undertaker right on top of his head by accident. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he decides to reference this and it's just stupid and then he like he doesn't reference it just with the title he, he says it on the track multiple times and it's stupid it's just what was on his mind i guess <laughs> and then they do like the introduction the ring announcer introduction for both goldberg undertaker and then the uh beat switches and you get these warped horns and conway comes in and the pairing really works a lot so like <laughs> They've always had great chemistry. Yeah. Like, all the Griselda boys, like, they fit with each other, and that's why I'm really excited for the next album. But there's this fantastic line on the second half with Denim's Mankind, I'm talking fully with the leather face, my coke got a better taste, legend wrote on my resume. I'm talking fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Whoopi is his uh, most... uh, is the second most annoying track, <laughs> but I love it nonetheless. Uh, he's just literally on this like very romantic beat. It's pretty similar to Dance Floor Love of Fly God and Awesome God. He's very yeah. sentimental. All he literally says is, Bitch, I love you, and he's just <laughs> shouting it. <laughs> he's trying to be really sentimental. It just comes off a of starky, and I absolutely love it. It really reminds me of that one vine where the guy's got the guitar and he's like, I love you, bitch. <laughs> That's what this track reminds me of. Uh, Loser Bros is another fantastic moment where Currency and Benny the Butcher all create this high stakes atmosphere. Uh, he says, I'll flip the shit like the Lucha Bros. <laughs> also, uh, he, there's another one. My, my shit's clean like Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega's the cleaner. Yeah. Um, it's great. Uh, Kenny Singleton Pool sees him being a little bit more sentimental, uh, talking about uh, his dead friend Sheen Gun and trying to. Uh, make up the world almost as a loss for him, which is nice and being sentimental and it was the one time. I'm glad that he cleared up the Sheen Gun thing because I like I thought he was Sheen Gun. That <laughs> was wrong. Yeah, um, uh, and that makes sense for what would Sheen Gun do? Yeah, um, and also the outro has Keisha Plum being very luscious and uh, almost like a Greek chorus of sorts kind of describing things that's kind of always been her, how i've portrayed her role with west side gun it's yeah just, just like i feel like it adds a adds a nice melodic line yeah to just, what she does just like a third person narrator type mm-hmm. deal omnipotent force um yeah i really like this i think this is a lot of fun it's consistently consistently good west side features all work with them i think sometimes they just go on too long i think sometimes the beat outros go on like a minute too long but this is a lot of fun. Like, I can't really complain about this because it's it's a loose West Side Gun. There's, like, no stakes to this, but West Side Gun, like... Still puts his all into yeah, it. Yeah, it's, like, like. it's kind of like the example, and I think this is kind of a bit uh, too negative of an example, but uh, it's the, what's the phrase? You can give infinite amount of gorillas with infinite amount of typewriters. <laughs> One's going to roll like Hamlet. Yeah. 
I think this is not to say West Side Gun is like an incapable artist, but like all the projects are not going to land. And I think at some point it was bound to happen where it was going to be another good, like another really solid one. And I think this is it. I really enjoy it. I think it's very solid. I think uh, it features, uh, it's shorter than Supreme Blind Tell, which is nice because that was one of our biggest problems with it. But it's just, still, yeah. some of these same problems with Supreme Blind Tell with the features going on, on too long. It, it's the instrumentation outros go on too long and it's like the best moments are the ones where it's essentially like we could get like almost one to two minute tracks like from whoopee uh, all the way to lucha bros you got whoopee love you cool g it's possible lucha bros like it's average like one to like three minute tracks and it's that perfect range where nothing mm-hmm. really goes on too long and uh west side's performance and his character is the most important thing. I think there's no nuance or really struggle to a lot of what West Side's going, but it's he's basically a character artist. It's more about the character than more about the problems he's facing in his life. It's mm-hmm. it's it's a push a T. Um, yeah. It's it's like push it says no nuance <laughs> ever really. Uh and sometimes it's more about just him talking about drugs and that's it. And like this is just him talking about crime and his life and being rich and there's no really nuance to it but it's really enjoyable because his character is really interesting and versatile and able to be uh, able to make fun of itself able to be stupid able to just say undertaker versus goldberg for like four minutes and it's and that's hilarious uh yeah i think this is a lot of fun um i think overall keep in mind all scores if you tell me is right now phone like an eight minus i really like it I'd give it about the same, I think. It was fun. And, uh, yeah, this was some definite West Side fun. But uh, now, uh, time to get into Woody Allen Did Nothing Wrong, <laughs> but starring Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> That's not... I, I think we're taking it out of the context, because he didn't say that. He said he was willing to work with yeah. Woody Allen. We kind of memeing it up a little bit too much. He's not true Scarlett Johansson. He's not right. trying to be a devil's... Uh, what is it? The Devil's, uh, advocate. Devil's Advocate for Hitler, like Scarlett Johansson is sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's time to go to the latest Jeff Goldblum and the Miltred Sutcher Orchestra album. I shouldn't be telling you this. But he told us anyway. He told us anyway. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is an actor in hit films like Independence Day, The Fly, and the Jurassic Park series. And he is uh, he has this band, the Mildred Snitzer Orchestra, and they perform a weekly jazz show at the L.A. Club Rockwell uh, every week, like I said. And uh, for these studio albums, they kind of recreate the atmosphere of their club. At least for the last one. This they did for the Capitol Studio Sessions, and I feel like they, they did pretty similar for this one as well. It's it, There's not like a live crowd like there was for the last one. Oh, I guess that's true. This one's more just like, a, it's just vocal jazz. This one's very like studio setting. Where I think it kind of it's not as entertaining that way. I like it. I think this is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, these are more like novelties for us because I think all the, all the previous tracks on the last album were covers. All the previous tr- on the tracks on here are covers. There's no like original content. The playing's fine. Jeff Goldblum's a very talented pianist. Uh, pianist. Pian- pianist. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So penis. He's a very talented pianist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a very talented pianist and. Um, these are just like very fun, lighthearted jazz albums that are just entertaining. There's nothing like 
hurtful. He's not like killing genre. This is like a hobby for Jeff Goldblum. It's not like a money making interest. Even right. though I think he's like part of Universal Music. He's making some money off of this, but I think oh it's sure more, it's more for it's, fun. It's though. more for fun than anything else. This isn't like his job. Um, and I think that comes through in the atmosphere. I feel like it's very light. It's very loose. Um, I think the some things I can critique this album on, besides uh, the fact that there isn't really a lot of original, there isn't any original content on here, is that uh, there's uh, female vocalists throughout the entire thing, a few of them. Uh, you got like Sharon Van Etten, Miley Cyrus, Fiona Apple. They all kind of sound the same. And I think that's kind of more what the style vocal jazz does. It kind of gets rid of a lot of the characteristics. This is true. Um, you do have so, to So, like, that. Sharon Van Etten's always uh, a little bit hazy, a little bit nostalgic um filtered out a little bit and on this she's just very clear yeah uh present which i think and the miley cyrus doesn't have any twang which is good because this is I, I i've been going over some of the worst music of the year just like reminding myself of it for a year and less next month and uh, i re-listened to catitude and i try to be devil's advocate and try to be smart about that i should have been shot on the side <laughs> for trying to devil's advocate because that tracks terrible you can sense some of the twang i think in her voice which makes her a little more but like comparing this to than like, something like fiona apple but like definitely comparing this to like back. nothing like breaks like nothing breaks like a heart right it's very, like less i um, think that's just kind of the, that's kind of the style like you said like it's um, the style of the genre yeah sure like the sharon vanetton track uh is an irving berlin cover and like that has to be like that's a very clear tone it it has to be that's kind of what the genre calls for yeah uh, I, there's not to say, uh, just because we get, uh, this kind of like very clear tone doesn't mean the moments are enjoyable. I really like the Myers Towers track, the Frozen Gone Slash I do too. I really like, uh, um, Make Someone Happy with Gregory Porter. I find that be really cheery, bright, almost like a, almost like a Christmas track, very nostalgic and warm. Yeah. And then Jeff Goldblum's very sentimental at the end with Little Man, You Had a Busy Day. Um, and I could see Jeff Goldblum's a father and I could see him almost saying this to his son because the track's about some put a, uh, someone stole away time to go to bed. Someone put a, stole your toy car. Uh, you've been playing war all day and now it's yeah. time to rest. And it's very sentimental and cheery and it's just nice. Genuine. Even though he didn't write the song and see it. It's being, very like Norman Rockwell. Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the personality is really reflective of Jeff Goldblum. That's the only moment he really... Uh, performs on here as a vocalist. Um, we get some nice skying, or not skying, scatting. Uh, scatting. Yeah, I forgot the T. Uh, on if I knew them with Genia Supto, Supu, Sep, Sep, Seputo. Um, but there's really nothing. This is just a nice listen. If you like jazz, check it out as like almost like a novelty. If you like Jeff Goldblum, definitely as a novelty. But it's like there's nothing threatening here. I think it's fine. I think. Uh, if he wants to continue putting out music like this, there's nothing wrong with it. I always have a good time reviewing yeah. these these records every year. I just think it's fun to listen yeah. to. There's what nothing he's, there, what he's been up to. There's nothing innovative about it or anything that uh, makes it super memorable. But they're just fun, fun little listens that you listen to once, and then probably uh, there's there's not a lot to come back to, but it's fun. Time. You get a fun out of 10. Yeah, fun, fun out of 10 as well. Nice. That's that's it for this week's episode of the Anthony and Todd Show. Yay. You know what that means, Trevor. Next week's episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just beat, for audio listeners, I just beat Trevor with my show notes. Uh, 
So, if you want to keep in touch with the Anthony and Todd show, uh, you can find us on social media at Anthony and Todd, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You want to find us on podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Spotify, and search the Anthony and Todd show. Get the best of both film reviews and music reviews. Uh, you can find us at youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show, and you can find us at patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. If you want to support us monetarily, so I can buy five copies of Death Stranding. <laughs> And put them in all my PlayStation at once and just see what happens. <laughs> A big stack of them. <laughs> and uh, that's it for this week. Until next time, guys, I am Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see ya, boyos.